welcome back. This is Our Brooklyn Bites, episode 133. That's double three. I'm Stephanie. I'm Leon. And we have so much to talk about this episode. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going to be going hours long. I don't know if I can live up to that. It's been a busy week. Mm-hmm. It was Amazon Prime Day this past week. Mm-hmm. I am an Amazon Prime customer. I bought a few things, which I'll talk about one of them later. Okay. But uh, what you think of that? I know you're not a Prime member yourself, but you get to view it, right? Uh, you get to see it, yeah. They tease you with it. And then it's like, this could be your price if you join up. Exactly. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting that they do it as a sales blitz kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's almost like a Black Friday in the summer. I don't know if it really appeals to me that much. The deals aren't that great. I gotta say, they've gotten better. Because, like, two years ago, they hyped it up, and it was a joke. It was nothing. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was, like, a, you know, a TV that was good, a laptop, a good price. Yeah. But then this year, a couple more items that were more like what you would see on maybe Black Friday. But it's still not like, oh, my God, I spent $1,000 on stuff. You know, nothing to go crazy about. Mm-hmm. People talk about all the great things they picked up, but are those things that they really needed or is it just that the deal is so good they couldn't resist it? So that's a good point because I track a lot of these items that I keep in my cart and wait for price drops and stuff because Amazon's kind of like the stock market. You know, every day (laughs) prices can change on things drastically or, you know, incrementally. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's things I see like, well, you know, it's usually 10, but it's on sale for seven. You know, it's still not what I want to pay or, you know, something stupid like that. And there were items that were selling for, like, prices that are usual, like, sale prices during the year Mm -hmm. and don't sell out. They kind of sit there because when there's, like, lightning deals, you can see, like, a progress bar of how many, like, are selling. And it was, like, those same items and they were just selling out instantly. It was 100% filled within minutes. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's what marketing can do to a sale, right? Because you can get that item anytime during the year, like, if you just kind of watch it for a few days. But because, I don't know, like what kind of PR people Amazon has working for them. But every news channel covered this story for some reason. Like, this is news. I don't know why. Like, Amazon... Like, how come there's no news segment for, like, Best Buy sale or, uh-huh. you know, a new egg sale or something? Sure. So, I guess because everyone was just brainwashed into thinking, like, these are the best possible prices you're going to get right mm. now. There was a mouse that I bought on Amazon, and it looked like a good price. It was like an impulse buy, I should say. Yeah. I ended up seeing it on Newegg because they also had like their little sale too. Their counter sale. And it was actually cheaper on there. So I canceled my Amazon order and I just bought it on there because mm-hmm. like, you know, it was cheaper and I you save tax too on Newegg. So mm-hmm. yeah, for us, that happens to work out. So it's like, eh, those deals weren't that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people managed to catch a glitch in the Amazon Prime sale for the first 15 or 20 minutes or so. Uh-huh. There was something like whatever the discount was supposed to be, it was being applied twice. And then an additional discount of a double amount on Mm -hmm. top of that. So games that should have been, let's say normally 30 and then maybe on sale for 22, they were suddenly under $10 from all these stacked discounts. Yeah. And the the checkout process Mm -hmm. quadrupled the the discount. Right. So I didn't know about it, but you told me about it. You Mm -hmm. messaged me. And then I immediately went on there because it was a couple of games and it wasn't really on my radar of those games. So I, I checked it out. I went to the checkout process and I saw the discount. So I immediately like, wrote you back and I was like, well, do you want one? Yeah. And the time it took for you to answer me, which was like seconds, and for me to go back into my cart and I checked out, it said this item was removed from your cart because it's no longer available. I was like, oh man, uh-huh. it was like right. within seconds it was gone. Right. Well, I'm sure some of those games just were selling out. Yeah. And then... Because in- there was no quantity limit. Oh no, there was supposed to be one, but mm-hmm. I think think maybe it glitched too in that because i know if you try to buy more than one it wouldn't let you mm-hmm, and say mm-hmm. you know not valid right but still people managed to maybe buy multiple copies some people just were able to round up 10 or 12 games mm-hmm. that they thought were and good or semi-interested in and checked it out real quick and amazon honored those prices right i guess so i think the way their shipping process works it's almost so automated that mm-hmm. they would have to have shut some, down everything and <laughs> these orders probably just go straight to the warehouse and then there's like an auto collation sort of process that gets those items into a packages and ships them out mm. i don't know if there's all that many human hands that are involved in the process i think especially some people they went in and they changed some of those packages to next day shipping they paid the 399 extra to 
expedite the shipping of those items to get them out of the warehouse before anybody catches on. Yeah. Well, you showed me some of those deals after they were over, mm-hmm. and I didn't think they were that impressive. They were good, definitely, especially because a lot of them were new games. Yeah. But I don't think it's anything that we won't see discount-wise you know, around Christmas, mm-hmm. where they do a lot of really good video game deals. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, you looked at them and you thought that maybe these aren't really games that I would want to play anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did make a mental note of this incident, thinking... Well, now that I know that I could have gotten these games for $7 instead of 32 then mm-hmm. there's just no way I'm ever going to pay more than $10 for any of these games. You'd be overpaying, even though it was a glitch <laughs> yeah. and it was the wrong price. Uh-huh. Right, right. I have that mentality, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, so now it's on my quote-unquote wish list, but who knows if it'll ever get filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a few games from earlier this year that I would have gotten if they were on sale for a good price, but I didn't even really think to look those up at the time mm-hmm. i was just going by what they posted as lightning deals and upcoming deals but i think supposedly some of the games that did get discounted they weren't even on the list to be discounted but somehow they were so i guess it was a far-reaching glitch yeah i think there were some other items that were glitching too like non-electronics mm-hmm. department specific sure yeah like a sewing kit or something, you know, like little things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, there was a glitch on an Xbox One that people were getting uh, practically one for free when mm-hmm. you bought one. Yeah. It was like a kind of weird glitch. So I guess uh, I was going to get lucky, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I guess at the end of the day, people have to justify their Prime membership. It's, mm-hmm. It is $100 a year. So you got to figure, I got to make back that $100 at least. Right, yeah, that is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on actually like a family plan thing, so right. I'm only entitled to free shipping because I'm on someone else's plan. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I don't get like the video streaming. Right, know, right. I don't know. Crazy day, but you know, I did play something this week. Mm-hmm. Did turn on some video games. Okay, I checked out the. Jazz Punk Director's Cut. Mm-hmm. So this is the DLC for the Jazz Punk game on Steam. Yeah. So I talked about this game, I think it was last year. Yeah, I just recently bought the DLC for it. This Director's Cut version of this game was released on PS4 first. Mm-hmm. Because PS4 didn't have the original version. So, like, their first version was only the director's cut. Yeah, and I think that, I remember that. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Okay. That was, I think, around maybe, like, September, November, somewhere around there. And I didn't realize this at first, so the PC version was just released last month. I thought they were released last year at the same time, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a two ninety nine download. Yeah. At least for the DLC. I think if you want, like, the PS4 version, it's probably, like, a full-price type of game. I don't think it was worth $3, and I guess I'll talk about some of the things about it. For one, there's not much to this game. Like, I downloaded it, and I started up, and I'm like, okay, the title screen just says Director's Cut. Like, they didn't really change anything. I have no idea what's new. There's no, like, notes to go with it, no updates, the screen looks the same. I don't know what the update's for. So I go into my save files. I don't see anything different. I'm going into the load files, nothing different. The um, stage select files, I mean, everything's the same. So I go into extras, and that's where I see the new level, I guess you could say. It's called Flavor Nexus. Mm -hmm. So really, this new DLC, it adds one new stage, I guess. Okay. But it's not even part of the main game. Like, they didn't even bother to go back and add it into the game. This is sort of just like, oh, here's just like something, you know, from the cutting room floor that we're just throwing in there as an extra. Mm-hmm. So it's a little weird. Um, this whole thing sort of felt a little lazy to me. So this level, if you ever play jazz punk or if you listen to my review on this game, it's a lot of like just gags over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it's not really much for me to talk about gameplay-wise or without giving away like the jokes and stuff. But... You know, you start out again in the Chief's trailer, like the other levels do, and no mention of how, like, the last mission played out. It didn't continue from, like, your last mission, or no continuity at all. You're just there, and you're Polly Blank again, the same character, and, you know, your Chief is there, and he's giving you a new mission. You know, where does this fit in? Who knows? But 
He says he needs this bottle that's called Flavor Nexus to get rid of like the odors or something. And he wants you to go into this supermarket to get it. Mm. And that's your mission. So, you know, you start out in, the, in this trailer in the parking lot and you get out and then you have to go into the supermarket. And you're presented with a line of cashiers. There's fruit stands everywhere. You have probably like five or six aisles of fruits and weird boxes. And you can just walk up and down. And every little thing is a side gag. Mm -hmm. So, like, the moment you walk in, you can walk up to, like, the whole piles of watermelons. And everything has funny price tags with names of it. They're not always labeled as real fruit. They're like weird names. Mm -hmm. um, like one fruit was leopard print. It's not even like an existing <laughs> fruit. Okay. So it's like kind of goofy stuff like that. I didn't get that many laughs at a lot of the jokes like I did with the prior full game. Mm -hmm. Some of them were like kind of the humor wasn't there. I probably laughed like maybe two or three times and then the rest was kind of like eh, nothing really special. Okay. So you're walking down the aisles triggering all the gag events Nothing really had to do with the mission. There's a point where I thought there was, like, a side quest or something that was going to happen. Because mm -hmm. there's, like, doors where it looks like you can go back somewhere. But all the doors just said, like, no admittance or no, you can't go here or something. Uh -huh. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I have to trigger something that's going to open this. And nothing really happened. <laughs> Is this unfinished? Like, what's going on here? Is it, like, in a game like Stanley Parable where they give you something to do, but... It's kind of a blind alley, or, you know, it's not really what they told you to do, but it's just sort of to get you on a path to go somewhere, and then it turns out to be something else. Well, that's what I kind of figured was probably something hidden, like this search for the flavor nexus thing. Mm. There's probably more to this, and that's the goal, but the other levels were like that. It was like one mission, and there's all these, like, side things that you end up going on, and, like, layers of story. So that's what I was waiting for, but... It never really happens. Mm -hmm. It's kind of silly, too, because on the... There's, like, a speaker an overhead intercom and at one point you know like the type of thing where it's like oh clean up on aisle five mm. and at one point she goes oh you know pick up the flavor nexus in this department on this aisle and it's like oh well they just gave away like what my mission was there's got to be something you know is it a setup maybe like i don't know what's going on because you're supposed to be a spy right so I'm, I'm always thinking like every two seconds you know there's gonna be some kind of like spy thing where i'm gonna get sent off to another place and it doesn't really happen. I, I So I go up the first aisle and uh, do all the gags. So now I'm in the second aisle. And now the, these center aisles are more like traditional. You're not at the fruit stands anymore. You're at the regular like boxes and bottles on shelves. Mm -hmm. And they're divided up by like rungs on like the aisle. And there's always like one box you can trigger the event on each one. Mm -hmm. You go down up and down the aisle just triggering them. And they're mostly kind of like the same joke over and over again. They actually recycle the same products. You know, in the beginning, I was zooming in and looking, and do you remember, like, the wacky packages of, like, the old Fleer trading cards? They were called uh -huh. wacky packages, and it was, like, kind of, you know, instead of, like, Ajax, it was Ajerks or something like that. <laughs> sure. Or, you know, so it was a lot of that type of, like, goofy stuff. And then that was kind of funny, but I thought that joke got kind of... The jokes weren't that funny, or they didn't make sense all the time. And there was one part where they were called, like, Katana Blades or something, and I don't know what it was, but... When you picked it up, your character, like, stabs it with a sword. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand, like, what the point was, so I kept pressing the button to trigger the sword swinging thing that, like, would stab the box. And the next thing I know, I'm on the shelf as if I was the bottle or something. That's strange. Well, I thought maybe I triggered something. Well, this is probably, like, how you get into the next scene or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, I'm moving around, I'm moving around, I couldn't do anything. And I'm like, well, how do I get off this shelf? Like, I'm stuck <laughs> here. So I kept pressing the buttons and playing around and... Nothing. So I had to quit out of the game and start the whole thing over again. So you think that was some kind of bug? It glitched, it glitched out, yeah. Uh-huh. So now I started over, all the jokes reset, so I, I triggered them all over again. This time, I find the Flavor Nexus bottle. You go through the whole process of exiting the level, and there's not really much to do. It's just a matter of just, like, talking to some of the people, and it's kind of straightforward. So after you leave, you come across this guy who looks like Macho Man Randy Savage from mm -hmm. wrestling. Mm -hmm. And you encounter him in the store, too. He's running this psycho sausage stand. He's sort of like um, the ambassador to this sausage company. Okay. Hot dogs, whatever you want to call them. Oscar Mayer, sort of. And when you leave the building, he's there waiting for you. And he's like, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, you want to take me on, tough guy? You know, I'm waiting for you out here. So I'm like, all right, I guess this is part of, like, the story. I have to talk to this guy, and then we'll see what happens. 
So I talked to him, and then he goes through this long Macho Man voice speech and stuff. And the next thing you know, you're in this, like, one-on-one truck rally thing, like Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And the camera kind of pans out, and now you're controlling this car, and he's in his Wienermobile. And you have to just, like, kind of ram into each other. But everything is destructible. So you're destroying, like, the supermarket. You're destroying the cars in the parking lot. Everything's destructible. And they don't really tell you what you're supposed to do. And the control is horrible. It's one of the worst controls I've ever used in a car controlling game. Where at some points, I just put the controller down. And I'm like, am I really doing anything here? Or is this like just playing on its own? It does control it on its own a little bit. But you do have some control. It's really bad. So eventually, I, I blew up the car. And then the scene changes back to where you're standing in front of Macho Man. Or, or they call, I don't forget what they call him. That fight that you had with him, even though you destroyed, like, the whole supermarket and everything, everything got restored back to the way it was. Uh, so was it a dream sequence? I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) I think it was just maybe part of the gag. I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. He's laying on the ground now, and he's saying, you know, you beat him and all this stuff, and he's embarrassed. Okay, now what? And I can't move. I'm trying to move my character. I'm, I'm, like, trying to press the jump button. I thought maybe I had to use, like, the flavor necks and revive him or something, because it was, like, a smelling salt. And I'm just moving around, I'm like jumping, I'm stopping, I'm moving, I'm like spinning around, but mm. I can't move out of this scene, I'm like stuck here. So after like a couple of minutes, I just had to restart the level again. I'm like, this game just froze up again. Wow. So I restarted the level, I'm like, well, let me try it one more time. And this time, I'm like, I'm not going to trigger any of the gags. I'm just going to do my mission, I'm just going to go to the exit. So I go straight for the item, mm. and I leave the store. The whole mission takes about... 10 seconds. If you know exactly what to do. Yeah, which it's so easy. So when he challenges you to the rally, you can just say no and keep going? So that's the thing. You go in, you grab the Nexus, you leave without even triggering any jokes. Uh Uh-huh. And when you leave, he's standing there, even though I never talked to him in the store. Because when you talk to him in the store, he kind of like says, I'm going to wait for you outside, kind of thing. Yeah. But I never even talked to him in the store. And he's still waiting outside. Okay. So he's there, and I'm like, I'm not going to talk to him. So I went by him. Because I don't want the game to freeze up again. And I try to go into the trailer, but you can't go into the trailer to give the flavor nexus to your boss. Mm -hmm. There's like a gap to climb into the trailer and you can't jump high enough to get in. So now I'm trying to jump and I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, well, how do I go in there to give it to the boss? So now at this point, I'm like, well, either the game glitched again and you just can't beat this game, you know, this level, or I'm missing something. Like, there's something I'm not doing right. So I look online, trying to figure it out, and... There are comments about people saying, you know, if you do the Macho Man fight, like, sometimes it freezes after that. So that was definitely a bug that I encountered. Mm. But people say you do have to do that fight with the two trucks in order to trigger the... What happens is after you end that battle, there's a ramp that gets added to the trailer so you can go up it and go in there. Uh So that's what I did. I went back. I went through that gag where you have to talk to Macho Man and stuff. And then after you kill him... The time I did it at that time, it made me move out of the way. Like, I was able to control my character. It didn't freeze up. And then I went to the trailer, and then I was able to complete the level. Okay. The whole mission is, you know, under a minute. (laughs) I mean, if you want to do all the sight gags and stuff, then it could add, like, maybe 20 minutes to it. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's all. Not much to it. So in the process of looking up information about this error and all that other stuff... Did anyone mention, like, that there's anything else to the director's cut? Was there anything else to do besides just that one mission? They changed some of the original game around. Mm-hmm. They edited some of the jokes. There's a lot of complaints about this. Some people saying they edited some of the jokes because they were sort of not politically correct. Okay. And I don't know the reasons for sure, but they edited it. It was more friendlier sort of thing, like more PC. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I read. I don't know for sure how true this is. Okay. But, so some people are complaining that... They toned down some of the humor a little bit. And uh, they added a little bit extra on the Japanese level. There's like another little side joke thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's documented anywhere about like what exactly was changed, like in specifics. Because some things you have to just sort of like find by accident. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like a whole lot. But another thing for sure I know they added is that hidden gag that they had. It was called Wedding Quake. Sort of a joke on Quake. But they called it wedding cake because it's supposed to be like a um, guy getting married sort of thing. And it was like the grooms and stuff fighting. Hmm. So they turned this actually into a standalone game now. And it's also in the extras section. And the difference is now, now it's more like a full 
thought out game. You have like health bars and stuff. And there's also four players split screen that you can do. Okay. Which you didn't do that, I don't think, before. So that's one expanded thing. I mean, I don't see why you would want to play that. It was a fun joke, but I don't see it like funny enough where I'd want to like make it a serious game or something. But that's another extra that they added. And other than that, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot else. They didn't even add in a achievement for the extra level. Mm-hmm. To me, it was a little bit of a lazy add-on. It almost seems like an idea that they had and it was never finished. And now they went back and finished it and they didn't feel like adding it into the storyline somehow. Mm. So, yeah, just an excerpt, really. Yeah. The fact that you're in the grocery aisles... And you do, like, one aisle, and then when you get to, like, the next aisle, the jokes are all kind of recycled already, and you're like, it's the same products. Like, they couldn't think of ten more products to make it look a little bit more original. Hmm. And all the gags are almost identical, too. So, I don't know. I was a little disappointed. Sounds like it. Sounds like the original cut of the game is the one that you want to stick with. I think so. I don't think you gain anything by playing this version. But again, I didn't play through the original levels again. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably have to do that. But I still think there's really no reason to... But on PS4, you have no choice. This is the only version you can play. Yeah. So it's hard to say. But, I mean, the fact that it was so buggy, too... I shouldn't have countered two game-crashing bugs, you know, in the half hour or hour I played it. It didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That it kind of bummed <laughs> me out a little bit. And a game that, that was, like, my game of the year last year. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a letdown. Well, I guess they're living up to the cutting room floor aspect of it i guess so i guess so i I see a lot of angry people who bought it on steam too and apparently it's not compatible on mac yet it's not very clear in the notes that even though you can buy it on steam Mm -hmm. if you have the mac version then you can't play that on there (laughs) okay all right yeah they should probably but it is coming they say the mac version is coming just not yet i see so it's just not ready yet yeah Mm. i played the pc version Right. Bummer. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm more bummed about how much they charge for it. I think $3 was kind of pricey for, you know, 10 seconds of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird that they chose to do that. If they really wanted to make a director's cut, they should have just made it some way to upgrade your existing copy to mm-hmm. just director's cut or just give you the option to play one or the other. Yeah. Just to get it in line with the other versions, as you say, since the console version of the game... Is that version, at yeah. least just make the old ones upgraded to that same level? Right. I guess they wanted to make something back for it. I guess so. The only thing I don't feel bad about is that I did like that game a lot, and I don't think I paid much for the original, because I bought it in a bundle deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as the developer makes a little money, hopefully they'll put it towards maybe something else that'll be really good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's what I did this week. That was my game. Nice. I didn't really play much of anything new. I went back and played some more of that Next Machina game that I talked about last time. Yeah, I watched... You did some streaming on Twitch this week. (laughs) I I, kind of spied on on your gameplay. uh Uh-huh. Did it look alright, or did it look like a big mess? It's funny. I was thinking, as you were playing, I, I actually... The next day, I had the Smash TV theme song stuck in my head. Uh Uh-huh. Because all I kept thinking was when I saw the... It's at least on the first level, those, like, red guys who kept running towards you is... Oh, those look like the guys from Smash TV who, like, run out of the doors and just, like, run towards you. Mm-hmm. And whenever I think of Smash TV, I think of that theme song from the first level. <laughs> sure. So the next day, I kept humming it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like, that game... I don't really like the look of that game. Mm-hmm. Even though I know, like, it's got good programmers and developers behind it. Yeah. There's something about the look of it, and it's like... Uh, I just, I'm not loving the something about it. It just doesn't look fun to me. Are you talking about the graphics of the game, or are you talking about the gameplay? I think a little of both. I don't like the graphics at all. Uh-huh. And the gameplay, I don't know what was going on. I saw a <laughs> lot of, like, teleporting, and yeah. I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Okay. As far as the graphics go, I mean, it's just their look. That's just how their games look. Even all the way back to Stardust HD, they all had that very shiny rendered You're look. right. It does look a lot like their other stuff and I'm not a big fan of their other yeah. games Resogun there yep yeah I'm not a big fan of how that I like the particle stuff but I, yeah I'm not in love with their look I don't know what it is I can't even say why it is it's just right some well of- it does 
obscure some of the action sometimes. Maybe it's like overly detailed. There are times when I think I'm doing well, and then all of a sudden I just explode, and I said, what killed me? I don't understand. I was saying the same thing. I was watching, and I'm like, I have no idea why you just died. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But started to learn some of the moves and what certain types of enemies do. I went back and I played the harder difficulty level above whatever is the next one up from experience. I I went through it and beat that whole uh, set of worlds that I had gone through originally, and after beating that one on that difficulty level, it does unlock the sixth world, which was not accessible through the previous version that I played. And I managed to get through that, got to the real final boss of the game this time, and I was not able to beat him. Really tough. Could not figure out what the trick was to get past him. So... I'm going to have to replay it a bit more to figure out what the trick is. And it didn't look like there was any type of save feature. Like, we can just start off right at the boss, right? You can keep continuing on that board. Mm -hmm. But there are some fights that you have to do before the boss emerges. And even once he does, it's still hard. (laughs) And it's still tricky. It looked like a tough game. Yeah, definitely challenging. But I also started to do some of the online stuff. It's really just a high-score challenge. Pick a world... And then you manage to rack up credits as you play, and it kind of raises your ranking, and you can see what your scores are like. And uh, I'm currently looping through the third world to try to figure out what's the best way to beat it. Because the one thing about the game is it's not totally random. I mean, there's some random elements, but most of the rooms and levels are pre-designed. There's a definite pattern to clearing a level. Mm -hmm. Certain enemies will emerge at a certain time when you trigger certain things. Part of it is learning, like, well, which weapons do I want to have equipped when I'm fighting certain things? You're going for score here, and you're trying to pick up all the things that would increase your score. You're trying to get all the right multipliers. Those visitor creatures that I talked about last time, these, like, centipede things that crawl through the level. I liked how those look. Those are cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And those always come at predetermined time, and you want to be prepared for it, but sometimes your humans are being threatened at the same time. So how do you make sure they're not in danger while you're trying to focus on getting this thing before it leaves the level? But if you do get it, you get a point multiplier for it, and it helps your score. So you want to try to get it. You're trying to get everything. And it is a challenge, but I'm still enjoying it a bit. And I'm going to see how much further I can get. I don't know. So you do like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's is good. it a true twin stick shooter, or oh, yeah. do you have to hold the R button to shoot? No, no, you shoot with the right stick. You do? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, the other buttons are just for dashing and for your second weapon. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty much a straight twin stick shooter. Nice. So, yeah, it pretty much soaked up most of my playtime this week. Perfect. But I can tell you about a pickup I got. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> I actually have one, too. Okay. All right, well, I'll label it my questionable pickup of the week, because... Why questionable? Oh, I think I know what it is. I have to question my sanity, uh-huh. <laughs> because, once again, I'm buying games for a system I don't own yet. You're notorious for buying games for consoles you don't own. Again, this is driven by the idea that it's a window of opportunity to get a certain game And I'm talking about the latest one that I got for the Switch. Even though I don't have a Switch, I got a Switch game. Mm -hmm. I got Cave Story Plus. This is a platform adventure game. It's on PC. It goes back to, like, 2004 when it first came out. And it's been re-released several times. There's a couple of different versions of it. So this is Cave Story Plus, which is also on Steam. And they just released it. It's in physical form. So, in other words, it comes on a Switch cartridge. But GameStop had an exclusive version of this game. They packed in a little extra bonus item to entice people to buy it from them as opposed to anywhere else. Let's hear what was enticing you. (laughs) I think everyone should hear it. The bonus item is a keychain that comes inside the game box. Mm -hmm. For all your keys. Uh It's basically a keychain of one of the characters from the game. There's a choice of one of three. Actually, you don't get a choice... It's a blind box kind of thing. You don't know which one you're going to get. So there's like a boy character, a girl character, and then maybe some kind of robot character. I'm not really sure. Yeah, from what you showed me, it looked like. (laughs) So, yeah, so you get a random one of these three when you buy the game 
from GameStop only. So originally I wasn't sure how that was done. I wasn't sure, does it come in the box? Is it a pre-order bonus thing? Because originally it was promoted as pre-order it at GameStop and you'll get a bonus mm-hmm. uh, keychain with it. Yeah, so sometimes they have a box of just like all these keychains. And when right. you pre-order, they'll give you the keychain. Yeah, exactly. So they only give it to you if you pre-order. And that's their way of hooking in your pre-order. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, with this game, it's packed into the physical Okay. Game box itself. So you didn't necessarily have to pre-order as long as you got the first batch of mm-hmm. games that were shipped to them. Right, right. Yeah, so if you found it in stock at GameStop and you got it, odds are it's And how one can of these. you tell if it was in there or not? <laughs> you could tell, and I, I found this out by watching some YouTube videos. Uh-huh. If you peek in the side of the game... Because the game boxes are kind of clear, right? Yeah, the game boxes themselves are clear enough so that you could see inside. And there's a little red pouch inside that contains the keychain. Mm. So... If you look at a copy from any other store, that red pouch isn't there. And that red pouch obscures what's in that red pouch, right? Yeah. So you can't know what keychain is in there. Right. Well, inside the red pouch is a little black baggie, and you can't uh-huh. even see... Th- so it's like double blind bag. Right. Triple exactly. almost. It's yeah. double bagged, yes. <laughs> so if you essentially, if you wanted to say, well, I want all three, mm-hmm. you can't just say, well, I'm going to buy three copies of this game, because right. when you open them up, it could be three the same keychains. Exactly. You don't know what you're going to get. crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're that fanatical about this game that you need that, mm-hmm. then you're probably going to have to go on eBay. There are probably some people who are. This game has been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a following. It looks like a good game. It's been yeah. on my wish list for a while. Yeah, it's a cute little platform adventure game. It's a little bit like Metroid, maybe, mm-hmm. with some more shootery type stuff to it. So really, the only reason why you wanted this was for the keychain. If I ever want to buy this game, I want the complete version of the game, okay. which is the one that came with the keychain. Okay. I guess it kind of makes sense, (laughs) sort of. I paid a little bit of a premium to get this because I bought it at GameStop. Yeah. So I ended up paying full price for the game, $29.99, as opposed to buying it at Best Buy, which I would have gotten it for $7 off. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, I'm paying $7 extra to get this Well, that's keychain. where I stepped in and said, you just want the keychain so bad, why don't you just buy it off eBay? I'm sure someone's selling their stupid keychain. Well, yeah, possibly, yeah. And then, sure and, and people then who what? bought the game and be like, what is this junk? And just, like, uh-huh. toss it aside. Right, well... That's and then what I would do, probably. And then buy the game later at some point when I have a Switch yeah, or something? Yeah, and then just, yeah, buy, like, a used copy of the game or something. Uh-huh, I guess I could do that. Because, I mean, that's a cheap game on Steam. Yeah, of course. So you, you paid a pretty premium to play that mm-hmm. on a console that you maybe will get one day maybe yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i know if like rocket league comes out for the switch as a physical copy mm-hmm. and it includes like a little car or something yeah right i would may do something crazy and do the same thing i don't know mm-hmm. so it's not so far-fetched people would do that i'm still filing it under the question i've never done that in the past let me just put that that way Uh like you have a history of doing that i've never bought a game (laughs) for a console i don't own that's just i I can't even fathom the idea of doing that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well again i felt like it was this you know opportunity to get it and it might not be available in the future so i might as well just get it now i just don't know where you draw the line i feel like there's so many like did you get binding of isaac Mm, no because that looked like a pretty nice box set it came with all the cool stickers and stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm surprised you didn't go on that one and that to me seems like something that probably is going to go up in value in like 10 years or something yeah you think Mm -hmm. okay i saw that game is coming out for ps4 now also but is it going to come with all the goodies Uh, it might not Mm. yeah i don't know if it has that selling point right i don't know yeah it's true but then again there's so many of these like the indie box stuff that had their little like trinkets and stuff in mm-hmm. it. And you know, when the market's saturated with all this, like, is it really going to have any long-term collectability? I don't or know. Or is it, is all like basically anyone who really wanted would buy it now. And then, yeah, you know, 10, 20 years from now, no one's going to want this. It stuff. depends on what the game means to you. I mean, I don't, know this game and i don't really have any connection you don't even to play it. it you don't even know if you like the game right you i just... mean i've watched videos of it and it looks cool like it looks like something i would play uh-huh so I th- oh definitely all right so you know at least that part of it is satisfied but I yeah, don't if know. it was like john madden with like a free little mini football or something you probably uh-huh. wouldn't go for it yeah it's oh you would no no i mean uh, I, 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 I agree i'm i'm thinking that i probably wouldn't a little it comes with a bobblehead of john mm-hmm. madden right not selling you on that <laughs> no I think there's been situations where certain sports games have been rare or hard yeah, to there, find. Yeah, there was, I think, one of them that was, like, pulled off the market for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. Yeah, and that one's worth a lot. 
Right. And there was some, like, store-exclusive ones, too. Mm-hmm. I predict, I'm going to look into the future and say you will have a Switch by the end of the year. Uh, not looking forward That's to that. That's my prediction. Well, I've already said that Super Mario Odyssey would probably be the game that sells I me know, on it. I know, That's why. And that's coming out, I think, in September? They're, they're dangling Something the carrot in front October? of you. I don't know. I hope that the value proposition is better than just one game. I usually don't think in terms of, I must play this game, therefore I must buy this system yeah. just to play that one game. So I hope there's something else. What if you found out next week someone cracked the system and now you could just <laughs> get an SD card and load it up with games? Would you go buy one tomorrow? A Switch? Are we talking, uh, like, com- oh. commercial games? Like, the original games? Or you can load it up the usual thing, like homebrew and emulators Both. and stuff like that? Yeah, hey, I mean, you could do... I guess you could do the homebrews, but you could do that anywhere, really. I'm uh-huh. talking about, like, um... No, actual, like, games. Like Binding of Isaac and Zelda and all that stuff. Just load them up on a card. And, like the DS. Remember the DS? Yeah. How easy it was to pirate that? Uh-huh. But if you found out tomorrow, like, well, hackers have figured it out. Yeah. You can get it next week. I would always want the option... Would you go rush out and get a Switch to get that early firmware that you know is going to be locked <laughs> that's and always, That's always the struggle, right? Uh-huh. Because even when they do crack these systems down the road, it'll always be like, oh, it only works up to a certain firmware, or, or it only works with the first-generation systems. Yeah. That was always the case, even going back to, like, PlayStation 2 and systems like that. I guess to guarantee that insurance that I'm going to have the right version, you want to go in early. Yeah. I suppose that's the case. Okay. (laughs) Not saying this exists. Right, right. Just curious to feel you out on how that Uh works. Right. And not because, you know, I don't want to buy games for the system or anything. You already did. You already bought a game. (laughs) I know, exactly. I've already proven that I buy way too many games as it is. Yeah. But just to have that luxury of, well, now I don't have to carry my carts anymore. Now I can just preload the system with anything I want. Yeah. So... There was always that. That was the beauty of the DS, being able to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, DS, the PSP, any of those systems. Right, PSP also. It was PSP probably more dramatically because those UMDs were slow. Right. Yeah, actually there was a huge benefit to being able to load them onto the system mm-hmm. without having to carry the games. It's true. Yeah, we'll see. Very nice. Well, maybe you can tell me about what you got. I've got... A PS Vita game. Oh, no way. you bring it up. <laughs> but you don't even own a PS Vita. <laughs> Or do you? Well, all right, so I don't, but I own a PSTV. Oh, that's right. However, I did not check to see if this works on the PSTV because <laughs> not everything is compatible. That's right. And I didn't realize it until you brought it up, just like before we started recording. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is Earth Defense Force Part 2, Invaders from Planet Space. We talked about this version not too long ago right. when we talked about the game on PS4, the more modern game, EDF 4.1. Right. We went through some of these. This is actually a remake of the PlayStation 2 version mm-hmm. of Part 2. Am yeah. I correct in that? I believe so. Okay. Um, first time it's available in America? Is that true, too? Yeah. So it came out in Europe okay. on PS2 and uh, originally in Japan, but we never got a U.S. domestic version of this game. Okay. This is not a new game. It's been out, I think it came out last year, mm-hmm. but it was on... The Lightning Deals for Amazon Prime Day. I think it was 10 bucks. Um, you say so? Yeah, I don't think it was more than that. Maybe even less. Who knows? It's actually my first Vita game that I own. Mm. All the other games I own are all digital. So this is my first physical okay. Vita game. So I wanted to play this game. I haven't seen it cheap on the digital store yet. Mm-hmm. So when I saw this pop up, I'm like, I gotta try it. Yeah. And it won't take up any space on your... And it won't, because that's Memory a struggle. Card. That's a struggle. I only have an 8 gigabyte card on my PSTV. It, you can load a good couple of games, but it's still not much. Very restrictive. And it's very slow. The interface is very slow. Mm-hmm. So anything I can get my hands on that's physical would benefit me in that case. Yeah. It's almost the reverse of like... Well, I guess if you can pirate it and put a whole bunch of games... Because <laughs> the downside to the PSTV is you can't use off-the-shelf SD cards. You have to use... The Sony ones. You're still stuck using the proprietary PS Vita yeah. memory cards, right? And they're really expensive. They're still, to this day, expensive. Even though the system is all but canceled, there's been no, like, bottoming out of the prices on these memory cards. Nope. The only time those cards were cheap, there was one year on Black Friday mm-hmm. where it was dollar to gigabyte 
for the cost of the memory card. Mm-hmm. So I was able nice. to get a 16 gig card for about 17 or 18 dollars, and I was able to get a 32 gigabyte card for about 40 dollars. Wow. Or maybe like a little bit less. Isn't 32 the highest? 32 is the highest that was sold in the U.S. Okay. There is a 64 gig card, but that's an import. Yeah, I think that goes for over 100 if you want that. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's not that many of them, and they were only sold overseas. So, and very you, slim options. And you can't use, at least on the PSTV or the Vita, uh, external drives of any kind. Nope. So, no. Which is, it kind of stinks because it's a pretty good Vita library on the PSN store. Mm-hmm. And without the memory, you're really limited in what you can. You basically have to play two or three games and then delete the ones you don't want and yeah. then keep downloading new ones. But yeah. it's so slow. Yeah, so the Vita can play, in addition to its native Vita specific games. It can also play PSP games digitally. Right, that's true. I always um, forget that. So it's essentially emulating a PSP in that sense. And as a result of that, it also gets PlayStation 1 classics. So you could get PS1 games on it, if that's your thing. Yeah. And PSP minis and all the other things that came out for PSP. It's a shame they never revamped that PSTV concept with a faster processor. Yeah. And it has a pretty impressive store. In there. It's basically a Vita without a screen that you hook up to your TV yeah. instead. That's really all it is. I have yet to use mine. I did get one, but I haven't really it's, messed around with it. it. It feels like a beta version of a console. I never liked that bubble interface they came up oh, with. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> it's really terrible. It's just not organized the way I would want my icons no, yeah, to, to it's, work. It's terrible. I, I get so confused every time I use it. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. That's, that's what that's what I get. That's true. <laughs> that's all you get. And that's all I get because there's nothing in this box other than a reversible cover. Right. I don't even think there's a manual in there. Probably not. It's just like one little tiny chip in there. It's the chip. Micro card. And the cover. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my big Prime Day pickup. All right. All right. So it's paid off for you. It, it did pay off because I don't think I ordered last year from them on Prime Day. So mm-hmm. their sales are definitely up some kind of percent Mm -hmm. because I made a purchase. All right. What else has been going on? Well, there is a news article that I wanted to mention. I wanted to get your perspective on this. Yeah. So there's been some activity around this old game. This is a couple of old games that were in a series called No One Lives Forever. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. 007 game? It's a spy spoof type of game. Stealth, first-person shooter, action game as well. They came out a while ago in the early 2000s. There were two games in the series. And I guess also some kind of spinoff. There's been some effort to try to revive these games. They want to try to bring them back, especially from this developer called Night Dive Studios. They're involved with bringing back various older games, cleaning them up, making sure they're 100% patched and current, adding in anything necessary to get them running on modern hardware. Usually this means, you know, a PC game of some kind. Making sure that it plays nice with current Windows versions and controllers and sound devices and video options and all that good stuff, right? So they've been trying to bring this game back. Mm -hmm. This is kind of a fan favorite for people who remember it. They did all the footwork to figure out like hey let's figure out what we can do you know we got the game up to a point where we think we can release a really good version of it so they tried to reach out to the prospective owners of this game to see what they could do to work out a deal and the way this game was released back when it came out there's a couple of different parties involved Uh, it came out on the fox interactive label which I is, remember that. Which yeah. is now defunct, no uh-huh. longer in business. But somehow Activision's also involved to some degree, and so is Warner Brothers. Big so, giants, yeah. Yeah, and they've tried working with these parties to figure out, well, what can we do to get this game out? And the biggest problem so far has been that none of them can figure out who actually owns the game. How can that be? There's got to be some kind of documentation somewhere. Well, that's the thing. A lot of them said, we don't know where this proof lives. We think we own some of it, but we're not sure where the contract is. It's not stored digitally. 
It's not like as if it's just on a computer that we could just look it up. It's probably in a box in some file cabinet. They would have to do research, basically. They would have to hire lawyers to go through their archives to figure out what was agreed upon, what piece of it do we own. Well, we can't say for certain that we own it, but if you go ahead and release this, we're going to stick our lawyers on you, and we will do at that point the research necessary because mm-hmm. we're going to protect our trademark, even okay. though it's expired, and even though you know we don't say that we own it. Uh-huh. Th- this is like an unresolvable situation. They've tried doing everything possible. They just haven't been able to come out with any kind of licensing deal. So somebody put up a website called nolfrevival.tk, N-O-L-F for No One Lives Forever, so nolfrevival.tk. And they basically put both games up there. Completely patched, completely current. Playable. It's not completely playable, yeah. Uh, Windows? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's not maybe to the extent that this Night Dive Studios would have done if they had completed their work and actually released it as they planned to. But I think what they're trying to do is they're saying, you know what, if no one is willing to own up to putting these games out... We're just going to give them out, and maybe this will put some pressure on them to see that there's interest, that people want to play the games, and people want to be able to buy them legitimately, but since they can't, here's a way to get them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this concept of abandonware. There's these PC gaming sites that trade in what's called abandonware, which is, company originally put this out, it's out of business. Who knows who owns this yeah, now? I have enough of that on my iPad. <laughs> I have about 400 of those type of apps and games. Uh-huh. Well, so this website, if you go on to it, it says you cannot buy a functional version of No One Lives Forever anymore. As a result, in an attempt to keep the community alive and attract new players, what they're calling the No One Lives Forever Revival Edition is available for free. Mm, not bad. For example, for the first game, you get the Game of the Year Edition, which is all patches applied. It's got no CD checks. All, all that stuff was removed. Widescreen support has been added because this game came out in an era when everybody still had 4x3 computer monitors and supposedly works on all versions of Windows from Windows 7 up through Windows 10, even on XP. And the same is true for the sequel, you know, No One Lives Forever 2. Do you think this is a legitimate way to uh, approach these type of games? So where did they even get the assets to be able to put together all these patches and release this game? It's just a compilation of everything that was already out. Yeah? Uh, is this, it's like easily accessible information? Well, assuming that you had a copy of the game when it originally came out. Okay. You were, are people able to do that? Like to patch stuff just by owning the, the game itself, not like the original source code or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's This is just... The original game plus whatever patches were released for okay. it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know like people can do that. Uh huh. Yeah, and then tweaks to make sure that it runs on modern hardware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're saying, all right, since no one's claiming ownership and all these threats that you can't well, release the, it or they're going to sue you. Well, they're threatening just, the legitimate company that wanted to release this as a commercial product. Yeah. They're, they're so they're calling their bluff and say, okay, this is it. We're giving it. We're not even going to make money off it. We're just going to give it away. Well, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they're behind it. I'm not saying they're that Night not. Dive is doing it. Okay. I'm saying this is a fan group fan group who's doing it who's saying we want to put this game out there because these guys don't want to own up to actually owning the copyright on this game so hey here you go take it for free and if somebody wants to stop us please come stop us Uh, have they (laughs) shut it down yet uh as of this time it's still available i better hurry up and download these (laughs) i don't see especially if they're not charging for it i mean they're not making money I don't see any harm in it. Yeah, I mean, in the name of game preservation. Right, exactly. These are old games, probably not big money makers, even when they first came out. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing these, now that I'm looking up some of the box art for it, and I remember liking, because it reminded me a little bit of very groovy 60s kind of thing, which I I like that look. Yeah. And I always wanted to play the game, but I I don't remember. It might have been on PS2, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it was. was. The first game was. Yeah, uh, I always wanted to try those games out, but I don't remember them ever being blockbusters that people talked about. So, sure, why not let people get their hands on it and give it a try? Why mm-hmm. not? And if a company really thinks they'll make money off it, then maybe they should step up and claim their copyright. Yeah. And do something about it. But I wish other companies would do this. Like, Sega did that with the Streets of Rage remake, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and they shut that down and then they didn't do anything with it, which I don't agree with. I mean, if you're going to claim your copyright, like, especially on a good product, like even like the Nintendo Metroid, right? AM2R. The Metroid remake. Yep. And they shut that down and they eventually announced that they were doing their own remake. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different game. So Different type of remake. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I see why companies have to do that stuff, but I think it's a good move and just see what happens. Sure. Why not? Because of the companies involved, companies like Activision mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers, you know, they're interested in games that are going to sell millions. Yeah, they want Call of Duty. Uh-huh. They want, you know... That's what they expect. Yeah. And they're not interested in an old PC game from almost 20 years ago. Yeah, like a cult favorite kind of thing that's, you know, maybe it'll move some copies, but nothing that's going to move the needle, you know, on their financials. Mm-hmm. It's surprising the developer of this game originally, uh, a company called Monolith, they made a few of the popular games back then. I think Tron 2.0 was one of their games oh, yeah. also. Uh-huh. And even a game like that, yeah. you will find currently on Steam as a currently supported game. Mm. So certainly it's not a technical problem. And uh, it's just a matter of sorting out the legal issues. So I'd say the same. I'd say hopefully this prompts some action on this game and hopefully it's available legitimately maybe that that will show enough interest to get a third title out there who knows i kind of doubt that that's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) you think the 60s spy spoof uh scene has died down not for me i'm still i love that whole uh, flavor of the you Mm -hmm. know those type of movies but yeah i don't i don't know if that's really a viable product in this modern era (laughs) right but it'll come back it'll come back again yeah Okay, so even if this game is not someone's particular cup of tea, mm-hmm. we still don't want old, out-of-print games to just disappear forever. Yeah, it kind of stinks when games disappear. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're decent games, you know? Yeah. So, I'd be interested to hear yeah. what other people's thoughts on this topic are. What other fan favorites do you want to see come back in some capacity that hasn't been around mm-hmm. in any distribution channels lately? Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something myself. I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Is this game supposed to be good? I've heard it's good. Yeah, okay. I never played it myself. Yeah. But it looked like something I would play. Yeah, it does. I like the look. Very cool. So, I guess uh, that about wraps up for this time. Okay. Please visit us on facebook.com slash ourbrokenbytes. Please leave us your feedback and comments on this episode or any other episode that has come before... And with that, take it out. See you next time.